Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome again to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today I have Darren Strawlow, who's Chief Development Officer at Northern Star, an Australian gold mining producer with tier one world-class projects located in highly prospective and low sovereign risk regions of Australia and North America. And they have a portfolio of low-cost, high-grade underground gold mines who um, are listed on the ASX, which is the Australian Stock Exchange. Um, Darren's going to be speaking at the upcoming IMARC conference in Melbourne, which is on the 29th to 31st of October. And he'll be doing a presentation around the mining engineering degrees of the future and how these must differ from the past and include new and relevant skills. So I want to have a chat to Darren about this topic and obviously I've got quite a few questions to ask. As Dig Deep have partnered with the International Mining Resources Conference, you will hear from some of the keynote speakers that we're going to, that are going to be at the event um, in Melbourne discussing the entire mining supply chain from exploration to investment, production through to optimization. So at the end of this podcast, I'll announce a discount code to save money on the ticket. So please stay tuned. So I want to welcome Darren. Hi, Darren. Hi, Rob. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. I appreciate your time, uh, taking the time to do this podcast in uh, sunny Perth. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for uh, getting up early to talk to me, mate. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I just want to kick this off by just explaining a little bit about your background. So from where, when you started, maybe when you um, graduated, done a degree, a little bit about your career to where you are now, um, maybe share the audience with the audience anything that you've uh, that they may not know about you. Um, so yeah, just appreciate you give us a little bit of background about yourself. No worries. Well, uh, yeah, so look, I'm a mining engineer. I'm a graduate of the Western Australian School of Mines in Kalgoorlie, uh, and I've been in the industry for just under 20 years now. Um, I've pretty much split my time between operational site roles. Uh, probably the first 12 years of my career, I spent uh, predominantly working in the gold fields of Western Australia in fly-in, fly-out roles, uh, everything from a graduate engineer, underground miner, uh, and then all the, the sort of engineering roles through to, to underground manager and then on to general manager of a mine site called Paulson's, which is in the, the Pilbara region of, of Western Australia, which is a, a good little underground gold mine. Um, beyond that, I moved into, into the corporate world um, and I've held lots of roles in corporate from uh, business development through to operations management. Uh, and uh, look in my current role uh, with Northern Star I'm, as the Chief De Development Officer, uh, I'm responsible for the M&A activities of the company, which is mergers, acquisitions, investments, divestments, uh, and the rest. Um, so look, it's been a, a pretty diverse sort of uh, background that I've had. 
Um, but you know, I think fundamentally, I'm a, I'm a I see myself as a mining engineering graduate of the WA School of Mines, and I'm pretty proud of my roots in in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Which obviously goes on to uh, obviously the topic that you're going to uh, be speaking about at the uh, IMARC conference, which is. Uh, the mine engineering degrees of the future and, and how they must differ from the past and include obviously new and relevant skills. Um, yeah. So first of all, how comes you've decided to talk about about this topic? What's what's brought you to uh, to speaking about about this? Obviously, it's it's quite an important um, issue, I think, especially uh, especially now and going into the future. Yeah. Look, very good question, and um, I think that the whole industry got a bit of a, a wake-up call last year uh, and it was you know the, the sort of canary in the coal mine for attracting people to uh, to mining you know excuse the term uh, was a lack of enrollments of mining engineers in Australian uh, tertiary institutions so you know you go back a few years ago when we had the, the sort of uh, construction boom over here and, and everyone was talking about resources jobs we were having somewhere in the region of 200 mining engineers per year uh, graduate from um, Australian universities. Uh, over, over time, this number whittled down um, and we were faced with the, the reality. I mean, this came out early last year uh, in 2018, um, but there were under 40 mining engineering first year students enrolled across the entire um, across the entire country. So, you know, this is a country, Australia, where where mining is a massive focus. It's a massive con contributor to, um, you know, the Australian economy, a uh, massive contributor to, to society over here. But we obviously haven't done ourselves any favours in, in terms of perception as an industry. And um, this was shown through in, in something like mining engineering, which is, you know, a prominent role within mining. Um, you know, there's there's a huge amount of, uh, you know, graduate jobs out there, pretty much 100% uh, employment rate out of graduation, you know, high paying jobs, and we still couldn't attract people. So it really did tell us as an industry that we that we were doing something wrong when it came to attracting people uh, to the industry. Um, so what we did as a, as a collective, um, we all sort of rallied together and, and there were some really good initiatives that were, were brought together um, over in Western Australia. This was through the Chamber of Minerals and Energy. They got together an industry group and said, um, you know, we need a call to action. We did an action plan on, on how we can attract people. Uh, and we sat down as a, as a very collaborative group between, you know, government organisations, um, you know, the big guys on the block, your BHPs and Rios, uh, you know, the medium-sized uh, producers like gold producers like, like Northern Star, and even some of the smaller guys, the, the WA School of Mines alumni. And we came up with an action plan of, of what we can do to try and attract more people to, to mining engineering specifically, but then also to the, to the industry as a whole. Uh, and off the back of that, um, created an action plan, uh, implemented it. And, uh, and, and one of the, the main initiatives that, that came out of that uh, process was a uh, mining camp. So we were going to focus on uh, trying to show people, uh, students that were currently enrolled in engineering subjects at Curtin University, that mining was a good viable career option. And we did that by, by sticking 
um, it was about 70 students on a bus taking them out to Kalgoorlie and, and showing them the mines. Uh, and look, it was really well received and um, I think proof's in the pudding. There's actually, uh, we had an enrolment increase from first to second year from, from eight mining engineering students up to 32 mining engineering students. So um, it's a good start, but you know, there's a lot more that, that we need to do to, uh, to attract them. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, obviously, that, that report that came out last year, which obviously was, I suppose, I think that's been building underneath the surface for a while, because I'd imagine from when the boom times of, say, 2012, for instance, around about that time, and then it obviously started to fall off, say, from then, I would imagine the numbers would be dwindling down from then until now. That's right. Well, I think it was post sort of 2013, 2014 yeah. that we did start to see that shortfall in, in, in enrolments. Yeah. Uh, and then it just continued on that, that downward trend through to, you know, 2017, 2018 when, when we saw the issue. But yeah. one of the interesting things um, during that period was it wasn't a it wasn't a lack of people that were signing up to study engineering because the engineering numbers were, were staying, um, you know, relatively stable. Uh, it was just that, that people were starting to uh, go towards other types of engineering degrees. And, and, you know, in the meantime, we actually saw mechatronics engineering pick right up and have lots of enrolments. And, you know, this is because, you know, mechatronics is, uh, you know, that studying of robotics and um, future technologies. That was a real indicator that you could attract people, but people were thinking about what the roles of the future were going to be. And that gave us a uh, sort of a target audience to say, hey, if we can, you know, bring mining engineering up to scratch and show that we can be more, you know, future skills focused as a part of that mining engineering um, curriculum, then that might attract some of these, these students that are going into mechatronics where there's not necessarily the job market after university that there is in the, in the mining industry. Yeah. Before we start talking about um, the image of mining, um, what would you say the key or main attributes or major differences about degrees in the past um, to what you think should be taught moving forward? And I suppose whether you, whether you focus on mine engineering or just a, a few of the different disciplines within mining, what major differences or key attributes would you say um, that need to be start implementing into into a degree that's related to mining. Yeah, look, I think it's a it's a really good question, and um, I mean we'll talk a lot about mining engineering specifically here because that's where the work piece has sort of been done to yep. date in updating the curriculum. And Curtin has been uh, really positive, looking to to proactively change it. So off the back of those meetings last year. Uh, for a for a big university like Curtin to have already gone into through the process of redesigning the mining engineering curriculum and putting something in place for 2020 um, in that discipline, I think is really positive. And I think that what will happen is if that's successful, you'll see not only the other universities follow, but also other disciplines. So your geologists, your metallurgists, um, and the like will then also start putting in these sort of future focus into it. But um, look, to answer the question specifically, 
I think the the key points are that um, everybody knows it's very well um, documented out there that the industry has been changing in recent years. So there's lots of new technology that's being applied. Um, you know, the key themes being automation, digitalization, electrification. Um, but we haven't done ourselves any favors in terms of training up that next generation of talent and also the the people that have the required skill set to be able to apply that tech, technology to you know the more traditional uh, standard mining methods. Um, and I think in doing that, that's had the the effect of not attracting the right people to mining or maybe not the cream of the crop people to to uh, to mining. So um, hopefully we can you know kill two birds with one stone essentially. Uh, and attract, you know, new people to, uh, you know, that have that that future focus and have that technological, um, uh, you know, desire to to implement and, and improve things. We can get them into into the industry. Yeah, has the universities recognised recognised this and started to implement extra? Extra, I don't know whether it's extra um, courses within the course around, say, automation, automation, digitization within the mining. Have they recognised it and have they started to move forward to implement um, some of these? Yeah, they have. So, look, okay. Curtin, I think, is the is the industry leader in this and, and in terms of uh, getting it through the system and, and moving it. You know, they're associated with the Western Australian School of Mines. Um, and, you know, funnily enough, you know, Curtin is the, sorry, Wasm is the number two ranked mining uh, tertiary institution worldwide after the Colorado School of Mines. So I'm glad to see them not just resting on their laurels and, and still moving forward. But what we've actually, um, you know, with Curtin, what, what they, I guess, have proposed to add to the mining engineering degree as of uh, next year, as of 2020, are subjects like um, you know, introduction to mining and digital applications. Um, you know, what do we got? Mine automation and new mining technologies, and then also put in um, you know digital applications as a core um, sort of area of study focus amongst all the other traditional um, mining subjects. So that as people are going through university, you're not just you're not just learning about how mining was done 30 years ago or how mining's been taught for the past uh, 20 years or, or or similar. They're actually going to have technology and a technological focus embedded in all of the traditional mining courses going forward. So it's actually going to be a, a pretty exciting degree to study. Yeah. I mean, what, what skills would you say are more relevant moving forward into 2020 and obviously beyond? Um, and how should mining professionals learn to, what should they do differently and, and learn to adopt? And this can be not necessarily, I suppose, mining, new mine engineers, even some existing mine engineers that have been in the industry for 10, maybe 10 or 15 years. What, what skills would you say that they need to sort of look at and build up their skill base with the ever-changing um, industry? And obviously with automi uh, automation, and um, digitalization. Yeah, good. So look, I think um, one major point that we made during the whole con consulting process was that we can't lose 
focus on the fundamentals. So yeah. the fundamentals of mining must still be a core and key part of uh, any mining degree or, or anything like that. So what we sort of thought about, um, you know, some key themes to uh, for the study were, um, you know, the scientific foundations of engineering. So, you know, the, the basics that any engineer must learn, but not without overdoing it. Um, a focus on, you know, mining methods and mining systems. So the basics of mining and that, you know, the, the basis of engineering, basis of mining sort of uh, builds that sort of core foundation of what a good mining professional should know. Um, but then on that, you know, that's when we focus on the value addition. So this is where your new mining technologies, your data analytics, your, um, you know, your current practices and future opportunities all come in. Um, and I think, um, you know, the other key theme that, that the next generation want to see is the focus on the, the license to operate. So, you know, how mining contributes to society. So there needed to be that key underlying theme and focus on, yeah, you know, license to operate, governance, sustainability, uh, the contribution of mining to society. And when you combine those, those four things together, that's how we best set up this uh, this next generation for for talent. And um, I think another another big point on it was even the method of learning. So you know the traditional university method where you get some lectures and then you might take an exam and and if you pass the exams you will uh, you'll get there. Oh sorry, and some assignments as well. I think there is a real opportunity and there's an acknowledgement of a real opportunity to, to make some changes in that to better set up professionals. So, um, you know, we wanted to have an increased opportunity for students to connect with industry, um, to engage with real world challenges, real world problems. Um, we have, we uh, want more emphasis on, um, you know, developing collaboration skills, teamwork skills, communication skills, uh, you know, bringing safety and risk management uh, into it, um, and then also getting them to, to have a real systems thinking approach. So you're not just thinking about, you know, the one specific issue, you're thinking about the whole value chain, the whole system of issues so you come up with better solutions. And um, I mean, we we uh, give the uh, the next generation of talent the ability to deal with all that, then um, they're going to come in as better professionals. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So I just want to go on to, uh, obviously, the image of mining. And why do you think mining has image problems? Um, and I suppose, how can we change that perception? Or what, what, have you, what, what are your thoughts around this? And maybe other things that you may have looked at and other people that you may have spoken about. I mean, what, what are the main, again attributes as to what you can do to change that perception well i think there's um I'll look I'll, I'll refer back to a study that was done last year over here so a group called youth insights went out and interviewed over a thousand students between 15 and 20 years of age uh, and it turns out that 60 percent of those students um, had no knowledge about my about the mining industry or careers in mining and you know, this is in australia this is i know that, that's quite a high that's quite a high figure considering mining is i suppose the predominant industry in australia yeah that's right and i think one of one of the issues here is that um as i'm sure with everywhere else is where people get their news you know you only hear about mining if there's been a 
a safety issue or if there's been a you know a downturn that results in loss of jobs um you know that's the part that everybody the part of the paper that everybody reads and if you want to read about the the positive stories in mining then you have to turn to the the business section which uh you and i might find exciting but i don't think 15 year olds won't (laughs) <laughs> no, they not. Uh, they'll skip straight past that section after they've read the cartoons. Yeah. So, um, look, I think that that part of what we need to do as an industry is to start talking about good stories. You know, talking about the positives that are coming out. You know, people that are involved in the industry and and the specific things that they're able to do to you know affect positive change. Um, you know, Gen Y likes. Uh, recognition and feedback so by showing that we are giving feedback and recognition to others in prominent stories I think that is a good way for them to see um, oh hey that that's actually a good thing and um, you know I think the the bigger companies you know your BHPs your Rios of the world that obviously have higher um, advertising budgets are able to go out to uh, you know to the wider public and and, and promote their stories a lot, um, but you know I think the whole industry needs to pitch in with some of these you know positive stories and positive messages about mining. And um, I mean I think LinkedIn is a great tool, and you know I like to to post on LinkedIn on a um, semi regular basis. Probably not as much as you, Rob, but uh, <laughs> I, I do I do think that it's a positive tool to to talk about good things that are happening in mining um, and in the industry. And, you know, maybe we are just preaching to the converted a little bit with LinkedIn because your contacts are mostly mining. But, you know, perhaps we are talking to the parents of the next generation of, of people that, you know, when they're talking to their kids, they can go, hey, look, uh, you know, I've seen that there's, um, you know, great job prospects and there's, uh, you know, great career opportunities and, and everything in in mining and they're able to show their, their kids a LinkedIn feed and say, hey, have, have a look at all this cool stuff that, that people are able to do and that can close that, that sort of perception gap and, um, and show, you know, positive stories and projects that, are, that have been led by relatable people to them, um, you know, show the value that's added to communities and, um, you know, if we focus on this rather than the negatives, I think we can, we can start to attract more and better people. Yeah, certainly. Just something I've I've just thought about as you've uh, as you've been speaking, um, especially with obviously the youngsters with social media, and it seems that's a very important part of their life. Any youngster, um, they're always on the different various platforms, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Snapchat, God knows all, all these different platforms. So what I was just thinking as you were speaking is how about sort of recent graduates um, doing videos and sharing their experiences of what they've been doing as as a mind graduate. Um, so they could say, look, this um, they could do a video whilst they're on site saying that I've just done a done a four year course. This is what I'm doing now. I'm actually employed now. I've been doing I've been working in the mining industry for a year. This is the experiences that I've been that I've been uh, that I've been doing, and promoting it that way, and that could be free of charge. They could post that onto LinkedIn, they could post it onto Facebook, they can post it onto YouTube and various other platforms. And if you get a lot of people starting to do that, I think that is a free way of advertising, and it's going to show real case life examples of graduates um, sharing their experiences. And this is what you can achieve if you start 
and look at to um, choose a degree or mining related degree obviously mine engineering as we're speaking about that um, and yeah and hopefully that will they can engage with people that are looking to may not even know about mining or that industry like you said not many people seem to know at that level uh, or that age so for them sharing those experiences that's only gonna only gonna help yeah, look, I think that's a that's an awesome point. And uh, funnily enough, I'm one step ahead of you, Rob. Okay. So um, <laughs> if you go to the Northern Star um, webpage and go under graduate jobs, we made a video at the start of last year, okay. which showed real stories of actually, no, it was the start of this year, um, which showed real stories of real graduates um, that are a part of our sort of two-year graduate program. And it was focused on, the, you know, the friendships that they've created, the projects that they've got to work on. Uh, and we cover mining engineers, geologists uh, and metallurgists in it um, and have a good snapshot of people across our, our operations. And, you know, the stories are told by young people um, that are actually doing the roles rather than, you know, an old fuddy-duddy like me, although I am in the video. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, look, I'll send you the link to that. Yeah, so maybe you can appreciate put that, that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, it's also on the Northern Star webpage uh, under the graduate jobs um, link. And, um, look, it's been a really good thing to to allow the people to, to talk about their own stories. And, um, yeah, look, it's good. Good yeah, idea, mate. Good. Yeah. And the thing is, I think anyone that's listening, and especially, obviously, there's a variety of different people listening within the mining industry. And there is, obviously, leaders um that listen to this podcast and it may be something that can be implemented in in your organization so um yeah i, I suppose i encourage you to uh, to look at northern stars um website and and look at what they've done and uh, maybe um try and follow suit because that's just only going to increase and better the image of mining from um from the the, the recent graduates that are going through that experience so um yeah, yeah i encourage you guys to have a look to jump in a little bit on the graduate side of things, I mean, we try and do our part in terms of uh, setting up graduates for success. So we have a sort of a structured two-year grad program that we that we bring people in and, and, and work them through, which allows them to get, you know, not just a, you know, be put on site and be put straight into a role and say sink or swim. Uh, it's, a, it's a program that sets them up, multi-skills them, gets them exposure to to other areas of the business so that, you know, when they come out of that grad program, you know, I mean, sorry, we're also giving them, them you know, external training, so financial training, um, you know, Indigenous community training uh, and leadership training all spread within graduates because we can't just expect people to come out and throw them to the wolves and have a bad experience. We want people to come out and um, get the you know the tr the skills the training and experience required to be good um, you know evaluating mining professionals. So uh, I think that that as an industry uh, in general we've come a long way when it comes to how we structure these grad programs compared to 20 years ago when I came out of uni. Um, and I think that um, you know it, it's just an exciting time to be a part of the the industry, which is why there's a big disconnect between you know the opportunities that are available to people that are that are in it and willing to have a crack right now uh, and um, the amount of people that are actually signing up, there's a big disparity and it. it just shows we need to, to put in some extra, um, you know, extra time and effort. 
Yeah, certainly. And I suppose if you, and it's probably going on to my next question as well, but if you look at, say, any sort of mine-related mine degrees, now is the time where the mining industry can attract a lot more people because the curriculum for a degree is probably going to be changing so much. I.e., if you compare it to accounting, I mean, I don't know an accounting degree how much that would actually change over the years. Mining, the mining, say for instance, mine, any sort of mine degrees or mine engineering degrees, again, probably in the past it hasn't changed too much, but now there's a big, a big reason to change the curriculum a lot and make it more interesting. Um, so what, uh, my next question was going to say, what challenges um, does the mining industry have compared to other industries in attracting uh, graduates to the industry? Yeah, so I think it, it goes a little bit to, to what we were discussing earlier, which is that we need to show that the industry is progressive. You know, we're not just about digging holes and, um, you know, putting dirt on the surface, although that is fundamentally what mining is. Um, but there is such an opportunity to focus uh, on, you know, what is um, passionate to, to Gen Ys of today. And, you know, there, there are big things. Um, I mean, I think I saw from a LinkedIn post of yours, Rob, is that you know the generation Y that are coming through now are these uh, is this generation that have grown up um, not knowing that technology is not there. So um, you know, with the industry becomes more more automated, these guys uh, and girls will be accustomed and, and savvy in um, you know developing the technology, grabbing technology from other industries, and being able to apply it uh, based on what they've seen. Um, you know, networking and and talking to and, and seeing what's in other industries and, and working how that can be applied to their to their day by day sort of roles and um, you know these Gen Yers also have these high levels of creativity so um, you know motivate they're motivated creative thinkers um, and if you give them the ability and the you know and the recognition from having the little successes along the way you're going to create these um, you know great little culture. Um, of you know creating solutions um, and eradicating outdated methods and and I think that's going to make us uh, better as an industry because you know mining is getting harder you know there's you know, the amount of high grade uh, deposits that are left just poking out of the surface uh, ready for someone to to extract have uh, have sort of dissipated in the years and you know we have to mine things that are that are more low grade or we have to go deeper underground um, or we have to you know, explore in, in different ways to be able to find the ore bodies of the future, um, you know, it's the next generation that are going to be able to do that. And I think, you know, they're born with the skills, um, having been exposed to the technology their whole lives to be able to, to do it. Um, we just have to, as an industry, be more, um, you know, fostering of those skills and nurturing of those skills rather than saying, no, this is the way we've, we've always done it. Which I think the mining industry is guilty of, um, over Absolutely. the years. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what areas or disciplines do you feel that more emphasis needs to be placed upon, uh, obviously, for around skill shortages? Obviously, we're speaking about mine, engin mine engineering, which is obviously uh, the main um, point of your, of your, of your um, talk. But what other skill shortages do you envisage or see 
across all the different disciplines so geology maintenance trades processing etc do you still i think mine engineering is probably the the main skill shortage do you see any others that in the future could could go the same way yeah i do and like i really do fundamentally believe that the mining engineering part of things is the you know was just the the first um, place that we saw it, yeah, because it's a very because it is a specialised role. Um, but you know, at, mining's always going to be around. Like the the world has a has a thirst for natural resources and needs natural resources to um, to fuel itself. And you know, even you know the way of the future. If we go into electric vehicles, we need more copper. We need more nickel. We need more cobalt. There's there's always going to be a reliance on on the mining industry to provide these raw materials to society. Uh, so the basic fundamental uh, roles are, are always going to be required. So you know, mining engineers, geologists, metallurgists, uh, geotechnical engineers, I think will be um, super important in the future as we have to go deeper in order to get uh, resources out. Um, you know, as automation comes in, um, electrification comes in. You know, you, you're still going to need mechanics and maintenance, but um, what we might see is a is a stronger focus on combining them with uh, with other trades such as um, you know electronics and computing. Um, you know, I think auto electricians would be uh, are something that is needed immediately. And and you know, if somebody if I was recommending someone to go into a trade right now, it'd probably either be as a as an electrician, so high voltage electrician. Um, mixed with communications uh, and data equipment, um, or as a as an auto electrician, so a mechanic mixed with all the the electronics and and the like, because that is the you know that's going to be a big demand as as we go into these more automated equipment. Um, and I think that combining these degrees with with more future focused skills um, is also a massive opportunity. So. You know, having a mining engineering degree and being able to combine it with a mechatronics engineering degree, which is something that I know Kurt is looking into and and should have available, um, if not next year, the year after. Um, I think that is a, a great way forward. And and having these sort of you know combinations and ability to to combine other skills into the the sort of core focus, uh, you know, fundamental degrees is is a way of the future. Mm. Um, just an important point that you made initially um, mining is such an important industry and I don't think obviously people in the mining industry know this but people outside the mining industry don't know this um, everything around us is, has either been mined or been agricultured so it, and people outside of mining do not understand that um, and especially I'm living in the UK where there's hardly any mining um, when I mention that to people they're, they're astonished so it just shows you how important mining actually is uh, to us evolving. Um, and people actually outside of mining don't know that. No, they don't. And, and, you know, people say, you know, if you ask someone, what is the way of the future? How do you want people to get power? How do you want people, um, you know, where do you, where do you think future society is going to be? It's all going to be driven um, by a thirst for, for raw materials. And, you know, there's always going to have to be someone that that digs that up and um, and puts it on the surface. It doesn't mean that we that we then don't change. We still need to change and adapt and get better. Um, but we're always going to be here, which I think is is uh, 
should give people comfort if they're going to study mining-related disciplines, that there's always going to be a job for them. Yeah, certainly. Just want to slowly wrap this up now. Um, I just want to um, for you to give us an overview of Northern Star and what you guys have been doing, um, what the future looks looks like for the company. Uh, for people that don't know um, much about your company, just wonder if you can give us an overview. Yeah, great. So look, um, we are a, a predominantly underground mining focused uh, gold company based in, in Perth in Western Australia. Uh, we've got uh, three core assets, so Kalgoorlie, Jundee and Pogo. Um, Kalgoorlie and Jundee are underground mines that are in Western Australia and Pogo is a high grade underground mine that's in Alaska. Uh, and look, these are all you know mines that have you know long lives, and um, look, we're we're very we're very pleased to have it. Our, our sort of core skill as a company is is in underground mining, so that's everything from you know underground geology, uh, you know the the safe and efficient extraction um, of the rock from underground, and then the processing of of hard rock to turn it into gold. Um, look, we've been a, a company that's rapidly grown uh, over the past sort of nine and a half years of our existence. And, you know, we went from a, from a $10, uh, sorry, a $10 million shelf, shelf stock uh, back in the middle of 2010 to being a, you know, $7 billion stock that we sort of sit out today. So it's been a, it's been a good journey along the way, Rob. Yeah, certainly in a big, a big growth period. And all I hear, all I hear uh, is good things about Northern Star. So um, yeah, keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate your time, Darren, for taking the time to do this uh, podcast. If um, our audience wants to um, reach out to you, um, how can they go about doing that? Oh, look, I love a bit of LinkedIn posting, Rob. So <laughs> um, look, get people to add me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, feel free to message me through there. And um, yeah, happy to, happy to engage that way. Yeah, great. Um, if you'd like to hear more of um, Darren, he will be um, giving a presentation at the uh, upcoming um International Mining Resources Conference in Melbourne, which is on the 29th to 31st of October. Um, and as a bonus, all Dig Deep listeners will receive a 10% discount off the tickets uh, when you register the discount code Dig Deep. So for full details, check the uh, company uh, show notes accompanying this podcast. So go and book your tickets now and I will uh, see you there. Please um, keep sharing this podcast amongst uh, your work colleagues. Um, gives others in the in the mining industry up-to-date information on the industry um, and many of the guests that are on this podcast um, this episode and obviously previous episodes um, provides them with some sort of important information content um, to obviously help you uh, develop your career so thank you for listening hope you enjoyed the podcast and until next time happy mining thanks for listening to dig deep the mining podcast if there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining!